0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles with Pastor James Vivian. Tonight, we're going to be talking about how we open doors to the enemy, and sometimes we don't even know we're doing it. So you can't kick out something you don't know is there, just what I'm saying, and not that we should always be focusing on the enemy, but we should be aware of his gains. And if you want, have a question and you want to participate, the number is 646 595 4784. And press one so I know you have a question and are not just listening. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. How are you doing?
1: Well, thank you very much, right, think I'm doing wonderful today. I'm blessed beyond compare. The Lord has did many things for me, we've done a uh, lot of deliverance this week. We had these four people that was uh convinced within the last two weeks from committing suicide, all four of them are still alive. So that showed you the power of God. He's willing to save to the uttermost if people are willing to deceive him. One of the things I want to talk about tonight as you described to me was how does the enemy get us to agree with him and mess us as a good subject. <laughs> Because the enemy, he, he knows who he is. It's us. We don't realize who we are in the kingdom, the kingdom of Christ. We are the anointed one. And we're here to do one thing, the same thing that Jesus did, to destroy the kingdom of darkness. First of all, we got to understand, what does it mean, the kingdom of darkness? Darkness, in Hebrew, Hebrew words can be 10 different things at the same time. And it's according to how it's used in the text. So one of the things about darkness, it means confusion. And so what does the devil come to do? He comes to confuse us. There's the kingdom of God, and there's the kingdom of confusion. The kingdom of God is called the kingdom of light. And light means understanding. So that's why when you read the book of John, the, the first thing it says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. But to understand what was the word, you'll have to be able to read Hebrew. The word is called Aleph Tal in the Hebrew uh, Bible, which is called the Tanakh. And it's in there over and over and over again. And it says Aleph Tal created the heavens and the earth. Everything was created by those two letters, which is the first and the last of the Hebrew alphabet. That's why Jesus referred to himself all the time as, I am the first and the last, the olive and the tau, but that's in Hebrew. In Greek, it came out uh, alpha and omega. But that's why you have to know the original root word so you can get the true understanding so let's look at what the Bible says. What I tell people all the time, I don't try to use my own mind; I use what the Bible says. And let's turn to First uh, John. No, let's go to Second Corinthians, the second chapter and the eleventh verse. As I say, give people time to find it. Second Corinthians. Yeah. It's my sign, too, but right? we we both all have the same time to get there. The second chapter and the 11th verse, and it reads as this, Least Satan, which means the adversary, your enemy, the one who is not against you, should not get an advantage over us. In other words, God doesn't want us to be tricked. He wants us to understand what is the method that Satan, Lucifer, all the kingdom of darkness used against us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So, I mean, he just don't have one thing. He has several things that he can use against us, and that's why he gets us to agree with him, and he'll mess us up. So here we are believing one thing, but we have to have the knowledge according to what the Scripture says. So let us turn now to Ephesians. So like I always say, the Bible always interprets itself. Ephesians 6 and 11. Ephesians 6 and 11. Because we have an enemy that's trying to destroy our mind. The battle is in the mind. And if you understand how he's doing it, then you understand how to fight back. We don't want to be messed up by the. By the God of this world Which is Satan But we want to defeat him In all the things that we do And this is the way we start to defeat him Ephesians 6 and 11 Put on the whole Armor of God That you may be able to stand Against the wows or the tricks Or the schemes Or devices of the devil For we wrestle not Against flesh and blood But against principalities Against powers against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in higher places. In other words, when you look back at that, where it says right there, we raffle not against flesh and blood. People are not our problem. It's the spirit that operates behind those spirits, behind us. And our job is to obey the word of God because if we do the righteous thing, which righteousness means to do what is right, then we'll be able to cancel out Satan's assignment in our mind The reason we mess up a lot Because we always want to Let me figure this thing out Let me get it to where I understand Well the Bible says Lean not to your own understanding But acknowledge him in all thy ways And he shall direct Your path What he's saying, another word to be able to put it Stop trying to figure God out God has already worked it out All you have to do is walk and obey it out And it will help you to get through this test, the things that we're going through. See, Satan is the tester. He is sent here to test us to see if we're going to really obey God or we are going to try to do this on our own. Right now, I'd like to turn to Matthew, the fourth chapter, starting with the first verse. Matthew, the fourth chapter, starting with the first verse. See if you get an understanding. That's what it says. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. But with all you're getting, get an understanding. If you understand the rules of the kingdom, and there are rules in the kingdom, if you understand the rules of the kingdom, you're able to defeat the one who's trying to defeat us. Satan is our enemy, and he and and we said earlier he's here to mess you up. And said Matthew the fourth chapter starts with this. It says Then was Jesus led up into the of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted or to be tested. That's why I said the devil he is the tester. And it says and when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterwards hungry. And when the tester or the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And he answered and said, it is written. You notice he didn't try to figure this out. He quoted the scriptures. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That was written in the book of Deuteronomy, eighth, and the eighth chapter and the third verse. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, and sitting on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Now, he's quoting scriptures, but as I told you, this is all about the test. If people wouldn't get so caught up on, well, I got to do exactly as the letter says. The letter of the law says this, but then the Bible says, the letter of the law killeth, but the Spirit gives it life. What does it mean, give it life? The word spirit means understanding. It's another word that Hebrew word says. So if you have the spirit of, I mean, the letter of the law, killeth. But the understanding gives you life. And Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Well, let's continue on with the test here. He said, uh, he quoted scriptures and he said, if you shall, uh, cast thyself down And for it is written He shall give his angels charge concerning thee And in their hands shall they bear thee up Least at any time Thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone Well if you go read that It's in Psalms 91 Verse 11 and 12 You'll find out that The devil always adds something Or subtracts something To make it seem like This is what it really says So in other words He's trying to get you to do something that you shouldn't do. Commit suicide. He wants Jesus to jump. And he added this, least at any time. That's not written in there. If you go back and read it, you'll find that it's not there, at any, least at any time. That's something he added. So in other words, he's convinced, trying to convince Jesus through the power of his mind and by the words that he said, this will be all right because God's going to accept you and he's going he's gonna, to Take care of you. But then Jesus said, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. In other words, you don't put God to the test. You need to read and understand this scripture for yourself. You need to study to show yourself approved unto God that a workman that need not be ashamed, but rightly divide the word of truth. In other words, there is truth out here. But unless you put it together like it should be, you will do wrong. You will be tricked. You'll by Satan's devices. There are several ways to learn the scriptures, and I'm gonna give you that before we get to the other part. And the way you learn the scriptures are the simple way. In other words, if I say the, that wall is red, then it's red. There's nothing to read into it. Then there's the second way of learning, which is called the. Uh, the uh, Uh, parable level so in other words it might say something but it'll have a hidden meaning and you got to take those uh, hidden meanings and put it together like you see their sword went out to sow seed Well, what was he talking about he was going out to spread the word it wasn't really seed it was the word and you got to have an understanding on how to put those parables together so they can give you the truth then there's another level called the uh, precept level. In other words, it says in Isaiah, the 28th chapter, about the ninth verse, it says if you want to know knowledge, this is how you get it. You want to have an understanding, this is how you get it. It says precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. In other words, the Bible is written like a jigsaw puzzle. You might have to get part in uh, Deuteronomy where it says thou shalt not kill. Then you might have to look into Leviticus where it says thou shalt not shed innocent money, innocent uh, blood. Then you have to put it together with another scripture where it says you shall not be a killer of a man or a woman innocently. So in other words, if somebody breaks in your house, you have the right to defend yourself. There's several things that we need to understand how Satan wants to trick us. Because he'll make you think, oh, no, I'm not supposed to defend myself. I'm supposed to go ahead and get killed and everything. And that is not what the word says. So let's get back to Matthew, the uh, fourth chapter, starting with the eighth verse. It says again, the devil took him to a exceeding high mountain. The word mountain can also mean kingdom. So he took him to the highest kingdom of all time. And as I say, the Bible interprets itself. And it says, "And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto him, "All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down or kneel down and worship me." Now the thing is, what does worship mean? We'll find out the Bible always interprets itself. Then Jesus said unto him, Get thee with Satan or my adversary, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. So the word for worship can be uh, served. In other words, Satan says, you serve me, I'll give you all these things. And see, it's not just being on your knees and crying out to God and singing songs, but it means to serve. Jesus said, "I, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve you. In other words, he wants us to be saved. He wants us to know what the word is for eternal life. He wants us to look forward to the world to come, the next world, that even though we go through hell here, <laughs> because of the uh, Satan's angel, is who was like once' been told me, that that's what tries to trick us and keep us from the right road. for God is the road that leads to destruction, and many go there, many, not few, many. But he said, narrows the way and straight is the gate that leads to eternal life, and few that find their way thereat. So in other words, it's something you've got to look for, and you're not going to find it concentrating and praying to yourself. You have to search the scriptures, for well, the scriptures talk of Jesus, and understanding him gives you life. Let me get back to uh, Matthew, the fourth chapter, and the 11th verse. Then the devil leaves him, and behold, angels, messengers, came and ministered or helped him. Now, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed Galilee and entered into Aches, uh where he came and dwelt in Capernaum which is up on the sea coast in the border of Zebulun and Nephilim, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet. In other words, everything has already been prophesied. We just have to go and find the answers. The Bible is the rule book. It is the one that teaches us how to live and how to be blessed. That's why he told uh, Joshua, let not the book of the law depart from your mouth. In other words, he said, think about this all the time. Concentrate upon that. You know, because the Bible even tells us in other scriptures where Psalms um, one, it says, uh, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly or standeth in the way of the sinner or sit in the seat of the sorrowful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates day. Day means when you understand it. Night means when you're confused. See, the more you find out how the Bible interprets itself, the more it makes sense. So in other words, you just read a scripture, and I don't understand what that said. But that's all right. You still read it, speak it out loud, because he requires us to speak things. That's how things are created, to speak it. Later on, you can go back maybe two or three months later, or even shorter than that, and you'll be able to read it. Oh, I understand what it said now. I didn't see it that way before. The Bible is a living being the scriptures are living that gives you life, but you must understand, you must constantly uh, study of the Bible and meditate. What does this really mean to me? And how does the Bible explain it? All right, then it says, uh, the 16th verse the people were set in darkness, a great light. What is light? I told you in the beginning when it says. Uh, where it says God uh, created the light, it means un- wisdom, and you have to look at that. It comes up with the word odd. You know, like you look at something. Oh, this is beyond my understanding. Well, that's what it means. The people saw, set in confusion, and saw something that gives them great understanding. To which they sit in the region and shadow of of death, light. What is death? means you don't you don't breathe anymore or you don't have no more conscience of who you are. You can walk around as a living dead. But here it is. It sprung up. Light sprung up. Light sprung up to give you light. Another understanding came through Jesus Christ. He's the beginning and end of everything. From that time, Jesus began to preach to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, he said the first thing you gotta do is have a change of mind. The word repent means to change your mind. It ain't just, oh, I repent from this sin, I repent from that sin. That's what the love what Satan would love you to believe. That's all you gotta do is just say, I I, I changed my mind. But see, when you repent you turn hundred and eighty degrees opposite direction and you start doing that way you're going then. Well, uh, in the 18th verse, it says, And Jesus walked by the sea of Galilee and saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, uh, Paul, Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting the net upon the sea, for they were fishermen. Why is it so important us to know that they're brothers? Because Jesus came teaching the gospel of loving one another, not criticizing each other. A lot of times people just wait for you to make a mistake on anything so they can beat you down instead of them learning to love one another and try to pray for one another and try to help one another. But they'll defame you. They'll talk about you. They'll lie about you. And that's all Satan's uh, weapons. You know, the main three that he always used, the uh, pride of life, the uh, uh, lust of the eye, and what is that, there? third one? Let me see the pride of life. I know it offhand, hand, but... We'll go look at it later on. But those are his three weapons that he usually used over and over again. Pride, lust, and pride. Pride, lust, and pride. So here we go. So then he said unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishermen of of men. And they straightway left their net and followed him. Now let's change over here to Psalms the second chapter, and the first verse. Psalms, the second chapter, and the first verse. Anybody wants to call in, as I say, this is a a program where you can call in. She gave the uh, telephone number at 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 the beginning. She'll probably give it to you again. Psalms, the second chapter, and the first verse. And it reads as this wise, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of this earth have set themselves and rulers to take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed. Now the thing is, most people read that and they have no understanding of what it's talking about. What heathen, what are kings of the earth, what rulers are we talking about? That's when you go back to Ephesians 6 and 12, where it says, We wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of the darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is their job. This is where they come to confuse you. They make you imagine a vain thing. What does a vain mean? Useless. Trying to figure it out on your own. Then we violate the other scriptures, Proverbs 3 and 5. Lean not to your own understanding. But if you don't, is they say, in the old church, they used to say, I don't mind, is the devil's workshop. So that's why we, as the people of God, got to constantly remind ourselves, what does the word say? What does the word give me understanding? What should I do according to the word? And do I understand what the word is saying? So now let's talk about the demons. That's what we're talking about, like my friend, the hooligans. Okay, the hooligans will be considered the king's of the earth that set themselves. We're not talking about King George, King Smith. We're talking about demons in the, uh, in the realm of darkness. They got kings. They got princes. They got princesses. They have dukes. They have uh, demigods and stuff. There's so much to know about who's all attacking us. If the Bible says that Satan took one-third of the angels to be with him, And there's innumerable angels. That means we can't even count how many they are here to destroy us. But they all do the same thing. They attack the mind. That's why David said, I hid the word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Where is the heart? Most people point in the middle of their chest. That's the heart. But the heart can't think. It's the mind. That's where it is in your emotions. So if you get to the emotions and control your emotions, you won't be so angry. You won't be ready to start no argument. If somebody talks about you, you're trying to make peace if, and that's a big word, if possible. Because the thing is, we want to obey God. We want to obey the most high God and his son, which is the word of God. And this will change our life. So in the second... The third verse is, let us break their bands asunder, casting away their cords from us. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derusion or confusion. So, not know what it says? Let's break the bands. If you look in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, you'll find there are bands. And these bands are connections or how the devil connects to our mind. They call them ley lines. There's one they call the... Uh, Silver cord of witchcraft, and you have to sever those things. and The way you sever them is by the word of God, you know, putting on the whole armor of God that you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And uh, let's keep on going here. It says, either sit in the heaven or shall laugh. Now, guys, they ain't going to win. We're going to win if we use the word of God. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and vex them in his sword displeasure. When he gets angry, God is a long time suffering before he gets angry. But once he gets angry, and people say, well, God would never destroy us. Listen, if he destroyed the whole world and only ate to that, believe me, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion, or founded this thing upon the truth of my son. The son is Christ. I have declared the decree that the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son this day. I have begotten thee. Ask of me, and I will give thee the heathen. That's the one. Heathen is another word for Gentile, or one who does not have a covenant with God. So, in other words, our covenant is that we believe God, we obey God. But the rest of the world, mm-mm. for thy inheritance, for the other part of the earth for thy possession. In other words, we are the people of God that's going to follow Jesus and obey Jesus. We're going to be the ones that's going to follow God, and He's going to. we're going to rule and reign with him. A lot of people think we're ruling and reigning now, but no. Paul said, I wish we were ruling and reigning now. But no, we're here for the test. That's what it is. You go through this test, you make it to heaven. You fail this test, you go to where the devil and his angels are, into hell. So then it says, thou shalt break them like a, with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them like a potter's vessel, pieces. Be wise, therefore, you kings. he's talking to the devil and stuff, and be instructed, you judges of the earth. Now, if you go to Psalms 82, you'll find out God judges among the gods. He also judges among the judges. In other words, this world was set up unlike the kingdom of God, to be good, to be kind, to love one another. But certain people have been tricked. They have been called to uh, other other things in their mind instead of listening to the word of God. Yes, let me tell you another thing before I forget. How does Satan mess you up? <laughs> First of all, if you get into of the scriptures and stuff and you start studying, he'll send everything to distract you. The phone will ring. Cousins who ain't never called you before will call you up. People who have not, even knock on your door will knock on your door. Your phone will ring. Everything to distract you. So when you get distracted, put your mind back on concentrating on what you're doing. And one of the ways I found to help you, and everybody needs help, in your prayer life, if you will start clapping your hands, you don't have to clap them loud. It will keep you focused on your, on your prayers. For as I say, there's so much to learn about the spiritual realm and how that operates. And I can only tell you so much at a, at a time that we go. One of the things is prayer. Prayer is the most important thing you can do. But as I told you, Parts to mess you up is Satan makes you think, oh, you don't have to pray now. You can pray later. God wakes you up at 3 o'clock in the morning. He says, oh, Lord, uh, it's too early for me to get up. That's Satan talking to you. He don't want you to get up because God wants you to pray then. There must be something going on that he wants you to pray about. And here's the thing about prayers: If you read it in the scriptures, I'm not going to go through everything, but as I say, some things you'll search for yourself Our prayers are like Smoke or mist, when we get to praying, smoke starts going up. The mist starts going up to get to the kingdom of God. But what happens, there is a place up there that has a dome over it to keep our prayers from getting through. It's like um, a big, heavy rock, or that's the best I can describe it, where uh, our prayers But if we keep on concentrating and keep on praying, are you there?
0: Yes, I'm here.
1: Okay, I keep hearing the phone deep in. Yes, I just hear the phone trying to deep in. Like I said, Satan always do these things. (laughs) All right, let me continue on. So anyway, as the prayer rises up, it changes colors. And it hits that a, a big rock up there, which is blocking our prayers. But as I said, if you keep on praying, don't quit. Clap your hands. Your mind focuses on what you're praying about. Your prayers turn to fire, heavenly fire. It's so strong the demons don't want to get near it. And when it starts growing up as fire, it burns through that a rock formation, and that it burns through. That's what we call a portal. That's why when uh, Jacob said he saw the angels ascending and descending, they were coming through a portal down the ladder. Well, our prayers go up that portal, and it goes to our angel who gives it to God. So that's why we got to keep on praying. But if you get interrupted and stopped, and it's because, you got sidetracked, you have to start all over again. Back to the the little smoke, then to the greater smoke where it changes color, to the eventually back to the fire again. And if you stay under that open heaven or the portals or that fire, the pillow of fire like uh Moses and then when they were traveling, they had they it they had uh the pillow of smoke and a pillow of fire. You stay up under that, then the fire is what gets it to God. So our God is a consuming fire. So the main thing is, I said, I'm trying to help you to understand that the devil is here to trick you. The devil is here to fight your mind. Our job is to fight back, and this is the way we do it. It says on that eighth verse where it says, "Ask of me, and I will give you the in- the heathen for thy inheritance." In other words, if we keep on asking keep on seeking, keep on knocking, God said we have the same thing that Jesus had. We are in the family of the most high God. Our Father is the most high God. His Son is the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave us the example on how to fight the war that we're in. And then it says uh, on the 10th verse, uh, the 11th verse, serve God with fear and rejoice with trembling. And a lot of people will tell you, well, fear and trembling means uh, to give God reverence. As I told you, with Hebrew words, yes, that could be it. But it also can be this. Serve the Lord with fear and knee-knocking. In other words, you're scared that you won't, don't want to mess up. Perfect love casts out fear. But until that time, he said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of everything. In other words, don't elevate yourself but lower yourself. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly. In other words, follow Jesus' example. Then it says on the 12th verse, kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. But when his wrath is kindled but a little, just a little, blessed are they that put their trust in him to believe or totally just give it over to him. That's what the word faith means. Faith means trust. And I tell you, the Bible interprets itself. When you get into that where God can trust you and you trust him, not being double-minded, you move into another realm, and it's called from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Glory to glory, faith to faith. If you start doing these things, you will find that you will increase in power, in love, and you'll see your prayers answered a lot quicker. Now let's turn over to Matthew, the sixth chapter, and the, I think it's 33rd verse. Matthew, the sixth chapter, and the 33rd verse. This is the secret of the kingdom of God. If you learn these things here, It will answer and take care of you for the things that you need to do. Because the Bible always interprets itself. The Bible has your answers. The Bible will teach you how to live and how to sidestep the the tricks or the schemes of the devil. And it starts off this way. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, let's go back and look at it. It says, but seek you first. Before you do anything else, this is what you got to do. Seek ye first the kingdom. Well, what is the kingdom? The kingdom is where the king is. And what does the king do? He makes rules. He makes the rules. Then it says, of God. Well, first of all, you got to understand, what is it talking about when it says God? It's talking about the what it said in John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So let's look at this again. It said, but, first, but seek you first the rule of the word and his righteousness. A lot of churches or schools, they teach righteousness. things. that they have the righteousness of God in you through Christ. But it means he gives you power to do what is right. So let's look at it again. But see, first, the rules of of the word and his way of doing everything is right, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? That's why you had to go back up there, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, where you shall clothe, that's verse 31. And But all the Gentiles seek the same thing. The people that don't have a covenant, they seek the same thing. But see, your heavenly Father knows what you need. And he's already. he just wants you to speak. He wants you to speak. He wants you to seek him. He wants you to keep on knocking. He wants the people that come come to him with all their heart, soul, and mind, and strength. Well, if you believe that God is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, not halfway, diligently seek him, then he will give you everything you need. Yes, you're going to go through some problems. Yes, you're going to... You, you, you can't understand everything because here it is, a good person doing all the things good, and all of a sudden all these bad things that happening to him. But the earth is not our home. We are pilgrims passing through this place. We are on the way to to the place that God has created for us, the new Jerusalem, and where we will rule and reign. So then 34 is the answer for you. the rest of your problems here. Take, therefore, no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things itself. Sufficient is the day, evil thereof. In other words, don't worry about what's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how I'm going to eat. I'm going to be looking embarrassed. I call myself a Christian and I can't pay my bills. i been tired. I, done, I did offerings and stuff, and I still can't pay my bills. Remember God didn't tell you this life would be perfect. Nowhere in the Bible did you ever see where he said, and this was perfect. He said, this was good. This is good. This is very good. But you're going to have to go and prove yourself to God. In other words, he knows what you're going to do. But he wants you to know what you're going to do. See, we can say how we love the Lord and how we obey God, and we we live a righteous life. But what Peter said, Lord, I'll die with you. And Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. For before the, before the chicken crow, the cock crowed. And what happened? He denied him three times. That's what I'm trying to say. You don't know what's in you until it's been challenged. So as I said, the way that we have to fight Satan for messing us up and us to stop thinking the way he thinks is think the way the Bible teaches us. So if he the Bible says one thing, that's what we should do. Uh you have any questions?
0: Um I have one forming, it's not fully formed. Um so when we disbelieve God, which is basically what happens when we believe what the devil is saying or one of his little minions there. That is um, that is what the enemy legal right, because, so, I know a lot of people disagree about the legality things, they think okay. it's just, you know, emotional things, but, you know, I do believe that one of the biggest deceptions around it that Satan has pulled off is telling people that he doesn't exist, and if you're having problems, it's problems. It doesn't have anything to do with choices you've made in your life or decisions you've made in your life. But you have to be
1: okay.
0: careful, and tell me if I'm wrong here, you have to be careful who and what you align yourself with and agree with, even in the natural. Because if it's not a scriptural agreement, if it's not what God says, then, then it's not something to be aligned with. Is that an accurate statement?
1: That is an accurate statement. So a lot of people don't know about legal rights. And I uh, so, well, what is a legal right? It's the whole universe is set up in a courtroom. God the Father is the judge. That's why if you go back to look at Psalms 82, where it says, God judges among the gods. In fact, let me turn there right quick. Psalms 82 and 1. All right. Psalms 82 and 1. It says, God, in the congregation of the mighty, he judges among the gods. So mighty is another word for God. I tell you, the Bible always interprets itself. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Defend the poor and the fatherless, do justice and to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy, rid them out of the hand of the wicked. In other words, he's talking to, these, these are earthly judges that have the spirit of God or the spirit of God operating them to do what is right, but they choose to do what is wrong. They want the finances. They want the prestige. They want the, the pride that they get from being a judge. And if somebody offers them enough money, they take the bribe. But God's going to judge them. He's going to judge them. So I just want you to know, it has a kingdom, which is they know not, neither will they understand. They walk in confusion. Remember the word darkness, confusion. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. If we look around today, our nation, our world is in trouble. You don't have very many rulers who are trying to help. They're all about getting money for themselves, to get prestige for themselves, to get everything they want. And he said, I said, you are gods, And all the children are the most high. So yeah, when I said that, they, that he calls us gods or the judges, he put their spirit in him. But you can you never... Go past your will. Whatever your will is, God says, okay, that's what you made a decision. That's why the Bible says, whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. So in other words, whatever you do, it's going to come back to you. If you do good, good will come to you. Will it come right away? No. you got trials and tribulations. But the thing is, it will eventually give you what you, you sowed. So if a man sows evil, That's because he has the right to do it. Then evil is going to come back to him. May not in this life, but in the life to come, it will come back. But he said, but you shall die like me and be like one of the prince. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shall inherit, inherit all nations. It's going to be a tab. When God gets his judging, Jesus is going to be the king of this world and will be under his authority will be his inheritance. So the main thing is right now, is understand this is like a courtroom. Now, i the father, is the judge, Jesus is the lawyer, and Satan is the adversary or the prosecutor. And what he does, he hollers out legal rights. How do I know? Because I've, I've cast out many demons. And when you can't cast them out, you ask them, what is your legal right? And they'll tell you but only when you're able to force them with the word of God. That's why you have to have knowledge. You don't know what you're doing. You ain't going to get it. A lot of times people say, well, you don't need to talk to demons. But Jesus talked to them. Now, Jesus talked to them and asked them, what is your name? He was asking another word in Hebrew was, he said, what is your legal right? And he said, my name is. Legion, or my, the word name means authority. My authority is in the Legion. In other words, he said there's many legal rights. We have a whole bunch of legal rights. And that's why Jesus wasn't able to cast them out at first. In fact, he didn't cast them out. If you read all three accounts, you have to read all three accounts of that that scripture, you'll find out he made a deal with them. They said, don't cast us into the pit and don't send us out of the country, but if you allow us to go into those swines, we'll leave this man. And he said, "Go." And that's when they left and went into the swines, and the swines went down and killed themselves. So that means he must have had uh suicide in there, a bunch of suicide. That's why I tell people, I said, you don't know what's eating until it's been challenged. There was one lady uh, that uh, we talked to, what she did was, she's a nice lady, school teacher, Everybody loved her. She loved everybody. And all of a sudden, she got towards this bridge and told her husband to stop the car. He did. She ran out there to jump off the bridge because there was a legal right, which was generations ago, that entered in. Parents, uh, let's say the mother, did a ritual so she could have power over the husband. So she invited a demon named Moloch and Jezebel. Moloch is a blood sacrifice. Any any blood sacrifice like tattoos, uh, abortions and stuff that gives legal right to Satan or any of his other cohorts to enter in. And until you break that curse or a curse is not broken until it's broken, they can still affect you. So legal right is what Satan operates his kingdom on, and God is a just God. So if Satan has a right, he allows Satan to do what he has to do. If Jesus has a legal right by saying, I have paid the bill by my blood and by the stripes on my back, I have redeemed them from the law of sin and death, and they have did the first thing of the rule, the rule of the kingdom, is repent. Repent, then Jesus has the right to save them. Any other questions?
0: I just had a fleeting thought. Does that mean all these poor women who have been uh, talked into getting abortions—they have—they can be troubled by Molech and his minions?
1: I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. They have the demons have a legal right. It's what I say. It's a courtroom. That's why I sometimes when I'm doing deliverance, I have to go to the courtroom of heaven to get a petition or to get uh, curses broken off of persons and stuff like that. Like they would say, "Well, the uh, tattoos ain't never bothered me, but you did a blood sacrifice." That's how uh, Satan' kingdom works. It works on our blood. It works on. Especially innocent blood. The more people that can be killed, the more innocent blood is shed to them, and they live on our our blood. So yes, but as I say, Jesus gave us the way out. Is to repent. repent. Yes. Have yes. another have, have another way of thinking. Yes, I was wrong. I don't care if you had two hundred abortions if you realize it was wrong and you repent, in other words, hey, I would never do that again, you are put under the blood of Jesus and you are forgiven. Next thing we have to do is find somebody who knows what they're doing to cast those spirits away from you because they'll travel down each generation. And people say, well, I thought you're not held accountable for the other generation. You're not if the curse has been broken. But if the curse has not been broken, it keeps on going on and on and on and on. That's why it says in the book of Proverbs that an undeserving curse cannot land. It didn't say it can't come at you. It says it cannot land. In other words, once you break the curse, you've got to flee. That's one of the reasons the scripture says, if you submit yourself unto God, and who is God? The word. And resist the devil, that means you got to say something back. You got to fight. You gotta get involved in this thing. Then he will flee from you because he's a coward. He only fights so long. In other words, he has some spirits that are real stubborn, but they they'll give up eventually if you don't give up. But like we say in this plane, that uh, a winner never quits and a quitter never wins. You have anything else?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so let me extrapolate this a little and and see if I'm off base here because I know, you know, part of the end time is deception and I don't believe that it's just pertaining to doctrine in the churches. I believe it goes deeper than that because there are so many deceptions in this world right now that to me, if we agree with the deception I'm thinking vaccines I'm thinking these uh so called medicines that have viruses and flesh eating bacteria and and is that part of the end time deception and in agreeing with that that's the way to go to fix a problem instead of going to God and his herbs and what he has put on the earth for us to use for illness, is that going to cause the hooligans to have a legal right?
1: Mm hmm Well, one of the things is if you don't go to God first, (laughs) you're already in trouble. Because there was this lady in the Bible where she had spent all of her money, and she was no better. But she said, if I could just touch the him of his garment. And the word him represents the kingdom. That's why they, on, the, on their robe, they have these little tassels that represent the kingdom. She says, if I could just touch the kingdom, then I will be made whole. And she reached out and touched and Jesus said, Somebody touch me. And they were looking, What do you mean somebody touch me? Everybody's touching me. He said, Ah, somebody touched me with faith. that I felt the virtue, or the word for virtue is power went out of me. And he looked around and she admitted she was the one. He said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith. He didn't say his faith. He said her faith because, you know, Jesus didn't have anything to do with this. See, but she understood knowledge is power. If I could just touch the kingdom because of the body, the power is in the kingdom, it would heal me. She understood some of the secrets. That is of the kingdom, being able to connect with God, and that's what she did. She had made up her mind. In the Hebrew, there's a fifth letter in the alphabet, which is called speak, action. She made up in her mind if this would do it. She spoke to herself, and as soon as she reached out, there would be action. And then what happened? She got here. There's so much to learn. There's no way nobody knows it all. And like I tell anybody, I sure do not know it all. So anybody who wants to complain about me, let me tell you, I don't know it all. All right. Any other?
0: Yeah, it's a lot to learn. And I know I think a little strange sometimes. I extrapolate everything. You know, I don't see anything in a vacuum. So, and I'm just learning about all the deceptions behind the vaccines and the medicines and it's such a strong deception. And um, oh. it just bothers me a great deal that so many are under its spell. You mm-hmm. know, they've done such a good job. Okay.
1: Of you everyone. that. What gets me is that if you look at the Hippocratic Oath, it says to the God and goddesses of healing, Apollo, and stuff like that. So there was, they ain't swearing by our God, they're swearing by other gods. And if you really take the uh, record, more people die in the hospital than they do everywhere else because all these different uh, uh, viruses and stuff that they be. Uh, running into it in the hospital and stuff and the medication if you notice what it says and I'm not saying this on my own they have it on the TV this thing may cause death or it could cause this or that but God's earth none of them uh, causes any uh, side effects so yes I would pray and I'm not telling you don't go to the doctor because the doctor God made him too but if you pray, like whenever I go into the hospital or anything, and I don't go very often, I pray, Lord, that you will enter into this person. And you're, and now you're finding more and more scientists are believing there is a God, and more and more doctors believing that there is the one God that does the healing, that He created our body. If we do the right thing, He heal itself. But as I said, the main thing is. These people have to learn that uh, some of the vaccine causes birth defects. It causes uh, uh, problems in the in the person's mind and stuff with these vaccine and everything. Uh, what they call ADD, ADD, or something like that. And yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, they're starting to find out this is what the cause of it.
0: They actually, right now, I don't yeah. know if I've shared this, yeah, I don't know if I've shared this before, but in the autopsies of autistic people, uh, they have found huge concentrations of aluminum, and there's only one place we're getting aluminum,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's not that we're eating it, you know, it's in the vaccines, uh, yeah. uh, oh,
1: this. That's why we really but need to.
0: We need to pray about all of it.
1: Mm-hmm. We need to be in the scriptures. We need to stay in the scriptures. And we don't want to, you know, as I said earlier, we don't let Satan to have the advantage over us. We want the advantage over him. That's why our main weapons is located in three different uh, books, and that is Proverbs, Psalms, and ecclesiastic. If you start reading them and comparing each one, you'll find out a lot of this thing is telling us how to fight the devil. When it says, like, enemies stuff, that isn't always human. It's spiritual things that make turmoil. And they hate us. They hate us with a passion. Exp- Given the expressionation on that, was I was doing a deliverance on this person, and If you talk to the psychiatrist, they will tell you there are such things as multiple personality disorder. It's not somebody trying to uh, fool anybody, but they actually have other parts in them, other personalities. And when you be doing deliverance, sometimes the devil will come up, and he might be in there. So you have to ask them a question. Are you human or are you spirit? If they're human, they'll say, I'm human, or I don't know, that's a human. But if you talk to a demon and say, are you human? He will holler at you, cuss at you. You know I am no human, I'm a demon. I hate you, human. That's one of the few times you don't have to force the the truth on them. They hate us that much. They don't even want to even be talked about as they're part of us. So as I said, the, the reason is we can be forgiven. They cannot be forgiven. I've heard people say, well, I won this uh, spirit to the Lord. No, you cannot win a spirit to the Lord that has already been judged. They have already been judged, and when they when the judgment seat is set up, we'll be the one going through the judgment seat, and all of hell will be emptied into the lake of fire. That's why I said this is a day-to-day thing. It's a day-to-day battle. I was in Vietnam twice. Yeah, some days you don't get attacked, but there's other days you do get attacked. And you don't sit there and let them attack you. You have weapons that you have been trained to use. Well, the Bible is our weapon. We have uh, Holy Ghost fire. We have Holy Ghost uh, water. We have the sword of the Spirit. And in those, I uh, have other things that God has blessed, like communion. You can take communion with somebody that has a demon most time. And if you have power in your church, if you don't have no power in your church, they ain't going to cast those demons out. But if you got power in your church, they get ready to take communion, the demons will try to scream or get out of there. Because this represents Jesus' body and his blood. And what does the blood represent? It represents life. Jesus' life is Mm -hmm. in his blood. And his blood, once it's put on us, applied to our our man, it gives us power to fight back the enemy. It gives us power to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And that's what we're supposed to be doing, fighting and destroying, capturing uh, souls. The Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. Not he who shows love or he who does kindness or good things. For him. He said he who wins souls is wise. For so what we do when we win a soul, we turn them into disciples. The where they will study. That's the word disciple means a learner. Then they will learn from themselves. And the more they learn, the stronger they became. The more they obey the Scripture, the stronger they become. You're not going to start off being strong just because you got saved. You've got to learn the scriptures. You've got to learn of me. That's what Jesus said, learn of me. And it's the more you learn, the stronger you come, the more you grow up from a baby to a, a, a child to a teen to an adult. And then by the time you pass the, uh, <laughs> the old age, most people think that's at uh, 70, but I'm almost 70 now, so it ain't old me anymore. It's your perspective of what you look at. But uh, you should be seasoned and grounded in the Word by that time. So when somebody comes to you asking a question, you will have a reason to give them the answer for why you believe what you believe, why you do the things that you do. Because the Word has taught me and rooted and grounded me in it that I see things more than what I normally seen in the beginning your eyesight will improve in the spiritual realm. Now, is there any more questions? Nobody calling me in, huh?
0: Nobody's calling in. I'm very okay. disappointed, but it is what it is. Well, the call-in number is 646-595-4784. I have an off-the-wall question for you. All right. American politics. What is going on from the spiritual aspect in American politics? Because it's a mess.
1: (laughs) Well, if we look at it in the eyes of the flesh, we're thinking, oh, man, this is just, everything's out of control. But if you look into the spirit realm, Things are really getting in control because the Bible says that uh, Satan will rule this uh, rule and reign here for seven years. So, first of all, according to the Book of Daniel, the wicked will go wicked terror, but those that know their God and who God the Word will do great efforts or great miracles. We're seeing so many great miracles going on now in the natural world. I've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open, people's legs stretched out, you know, where one was shorter than the other. I've seen people that are mentally ill become in their right mind. As I tell you, the kingdom of God is really straightening up, and we got a a milestone that we're going to hit, and that is... There's going to be a time coming up very soon, which has already started, that where people will be able to prophesy. And that don't mean a forecast a new house, a new that, but I'm talking to be able to read people and tell them what the Lord is saying, how to get their life in order. And we're going to have a major revival. But after that, Satan's going to be in charge, because he's already started to put his army in certain places. His army is being set up so that he'll be able to rule and reign this place. And the time is going to be bad. It's not during the tribulation period, which is going to be bad, but it's the great tribulation. What I believe now, there's three frames of thought on all about the rapture. Some people don't believe, no, it's four things. Some people don't believe there is a rapture. One says you're going to be raptured out of here before the seven years begin. Another one believes you're going to go through the first three and a half years of it and then taken out of here. Another one believes you're going to go through all seven years and then be taken out and then brought right back down. There's enough information to support three of those theories. That is pre, mid, and post. So for me, and I could be wrong, because I told you I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I believe we're going to go mid. I believe we're going to go through the first three and a half, and I believe it's starting now. The man that's in the White House is Trump, and that's the one that God had said He wanted in there. People say, "Well, I don't believe it." Listen, he is not one of the old good old boys. He's not in the Illuminati. He's not into the uh, 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 of the things of destroying this world. But he's trying to get us back on the right track because he knows their tricks. And that is the trick of the devil to make you think there is no devil. It's the trick of the devil to make you think there is no secret organization. It is a trick of the devil to not get us to believe that uh, God wants us to live holy lives, but we can live the way we want to, and God will forgive us. That is his job. He's doing good at it. Trump is exposing the things that are wrong. That's why they're going after him. And anybody who knows the scriptures can see into the spiritual realm and see that Trump is trying to get this world set up for the one that's supposed to be here, the king of kings, the Lord of the Lord. So in other words, what he's doing is getting people back to the scriptures. I don't know if you've seen this lately, but there have been more Christian movies out now, more Christian TVs out now, plays, more plays of, uh, like Samson's out now, things that were not able to come out, because they were praying to get prayer out of school, get prayer away from us. And I told you, prayer is so important. I told you how it operate. The smoke, the darker smoke, and then a Holy Ghost fire. They want you to stay away from that. Trump is giving free reign back to the churches again. He's trying to help things, but you got to remember, you got all these people that's been in, in the White House for all this month of time. They've been running the government. They're paid by other people to take bribes and stuff, and they change the law to what they want. Now, Trump has got to his group, and he can't trust everybody, because you don't know who's behind to have who to try to get this nation back to where we should be, a nation that feared the most high God and believed that his son was the word. Did I ask you a question?
0: Yes. For the most part, I believe that, you know, I know they say manifest destiny, this, that, and the other, but I do believe that in the beginning of this country, when our forefathers, um, ha- they, they made a covenant with God, and I do believe that Trump is trying to restore that covenant on our side. Father didn't didn't kill the covenant we did by not paying attention to what was going on. <clears throat> so I do believe that's part of what he has Trump doing is restoring the original covenant. Cause I, I don't know if you've read the George Washington prophecies, but uh, believe we were supposed to be in a covenant with God. And, and when we started kicking him out of everywhere, like the schools and everything, that's, When he had to back off, because that was our free will to do that. Yep. Does that make sense?
1: Is that? Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what's happening. Because that's it. Uh, Like with George Washington, he was. uh, They said he was a Masonic lodge member, which is part of the secret uh, society. But it doesn't start until you get higher up. The lower part is what they call Masons or Master Masons at the third degree. Then above that, then they start training you in different what they call uh, the Blue Lodge or the Red Lodge. And as you start going up, they start revealing the plans that they want to do. They call their God the uh, Master, Creator, and stuff like that. But as you start to find out, Washington quit. He was in the third degree, and he didn't agree with all that. So a lot of times when they tell people, oh, he was a Mason and all that they don't tell you where he quit at. <laughs> they don't tell you about some <laughs> of the others. They they realize, hey, this is not what I, want. this is not what we wanted, and they quit. So a lot of things that we are being taught, they don't tell us the truth. And who who's behind not telling the truth? Satan. That's his job. He's good at his job. He got a lot of experience at his job. And we, as the people of God, none of us has lived over over 200 years old that I knew of. So he's been here over 6,000 years, so he had a lot of experience. So when we try to talk to people about uh, Jesus, you got to remember, if they're not have been made ready by the Holy Spirit, he has to draw them. If the Holy Spirit has not drawn them, you're trying to fight or a battle of the mind with demons that's over 6,000 years old or older. You cannot convince them about getting saved. And when that person is listening to them, that's what messes us up. Because, like, the devil says, oh, I don't believe that. And then you get to think, I don't believe that either. Next thing you know, he, he'll suggest something else, and you'll start believing what he suggests. Because unless the Holy Spirit is in you, which he speaks like a conscience and tells you, don't do this, don't believe that, unless he's directing your path, then you're going to be wrong. Because any time a man tries to figure it out for himself, or a woman, or whoever tried to give counsel to themselves, and like they say in the law profession, the the worst person you can have is yourself as a lawyer. <laughs> Don't try to defend yourself. Get somebody else to defend you. And that's what we have to do. We can't defend ourselves. We need our attorney, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything
0: else? <laughs> Amen to that. Um, let me think. All right, what do we do? Is when we uh, how do we pray for these people that have aligned themselves with the hooligans by being in agreement with lies? To, to get them out of that situation? How do we pray for them?
1: Okay. The best way to, to pray for anybody is by scriptures that agree by what you're, what you're praying for. In other words, I'd go into the book of Psalms, and the things that I would look at, like when I get ready to do deliverance, or they call it deliverance, we use things like Psalms, 18 and when you use psalms 18 you praying for somebody they can't Jesus can't stand it but the thing is you got to have power you got to have faith that this is going to work so like in psalms 18 and 1 it says i will love thee O lord my strength this is where you get knowledge this is where you're going to get anywhere with god you pray according to the scriptures The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. confident that the word of God is going to work. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, and my high power, high tower, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. So like, my my daughter and granddaughter just came back from overseas. My mother prayed a prayer that she prayed for me, my brother, and everything else, and then it was prayed for my uncle. Psalms 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He prayed that prayer, and none of us got killed. And I say my uncle made it all the way through. He didn't get killed. I was there twice in Vietnam in the war zone under a heavy attack and didn't get killed. My brother was there. He didn't get killed. My daughter and granddaughter just came from overseas, and neither one of them was shot. That's because my mother prayed the scriptures. Now, if you want somebody's mind changed and everything, you pray that the Holy Spirit will start drawing them. In other words, I'm going to tell you one of the ways that I enter into the kingdom of God. God will give everybody a different way. The mind is as I come before the throne room of grace, mercy, peace, and love in the Holy Spirit, and then I start to put my request before him. And as I put the request before the Lord, by that way I came in, then my prayers get answered. Or it goes to the throne room. I know it's there, but the thing is, sometimes Satan, Fights us. And remember, I told you about that big vault that's over us, that dome. Sometimes he'd be fighting to keep us from getting to the prayer zone to where their prayers will get on through. If you don't give up, if because I told you a winner never quits. If you don't give up and you keep on praying and you keep on fasting whenever the Lord told you to fast and you keep uh, getting up when He tells you to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning to pray then your prayers will cover those people that are lost and start drawing them. That's what you want. You want them to draw draw them. That's why it says, he who wins souls is wise. We're trying to get them toward the Lord. And from that point on, it's the Lord's responsibility. And them to make choices. So as I, as I tell anyone, you want, you want power in your life? Learn to pray the scriptures. Learn that the, that the word of God is not dead words on a dead page, but it's fully alive, and it's able to give you life and life more abundantly if you're willing to study. And if you read the uh, letters and stuff of Paul and the others, it gives you an example of how things will work. Yes, you're going to have some bad times. Yes, you're going to have some good times. You're going to sometimes wonder, where is God? But if you keep on believing, keep on studying then you will start seeing the secret of the kingdom of God, and then you start doing it, and you'll be blessed going in, blessed going out, be the head and not the tail. One of the things is that you understand, we do have an enemy. We do have an enemy. And if we go to the book of Jude, it tells you there's a lot of preachers that are not really called of God. So if we turn to Jude, the first chapter, And it says this, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. In other words, for you to get saved, you've got to be called. The Holy Spirit is the one who calls for you. But we are the saints of God. We can pray for people. Because we cannot show our, our love to God up in heaven. That's in the scriptures. But if we show love one to another, we've shown that the love of God lives in us. And we are trying to get the people saved. We're trying to get them to understand the right way to live. It says, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Second verse. Beloved, I give it all diligence to write unto you the common salvation. It was needful for me to write to you and exhort you or warn you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. We are the saints. We are being transformed from where we are. Here's the way they say it. We're the saints, we're becoming, becoming saints, and we will be saints. In we're little babies, we're growing up, the stronger we become, we're going to be a strong saint afterwards, the ones that are separated, they are used for God. For it says, the fourth verse, for there are certain men crept in unaware who was before old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lucidness, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. What it's saying here is that there are people that's going to be in the church, pastors, deacons, deacons, uh, uh, bishops, and stuff like that. You've heard so much about the Catholic Church and all the stuff they're in trouble with. Those men were not called. They snuck in. They they didn't really have a call for God, but they thought, what well, if i be if I become a minister, if I come this, I'm going to make this amount of money. I'm going to be this. Look at all these rich men and everything. And they failed to realize that the people have to live the right life to get what they want. But God allows some people, that's not living right, to have everything. That's why David said, I was not slipping until I went to the sanctuary. I went in there and I realized what the end going to be. How did he realize? He read the scriptures. He understands that the unrighteous will have their part in the lake of fire that burns forever. But those who have made themselves secretly or openly, in, you know, into the scriptures, because sometimes you got to get along by yourself to pray so you can hear from God. Sometimes you got to cut off everybody out of your life so that you can have the relationship that you need with the most high God yourself so that once you get the unction or get the understanding, Nobody can trick you, but there's so many preachers out here, so many denominations out here, and they all, you know, if you believe the way we say, this is Satan in this group, believe the way we say, convince the same, same thing we say, you'll be happy in this life. You'll be this in this life. But the thing is, there is a world to come. What are you going to do then? There is a judgment to come. What are you going to do then? In the fifth verse, it says, I will therefore put in remembrance, though you once knew how, that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt. And the word Egypt means bondage. In other words, when you're under Satan rule, you're under bondage. Whichever one you choose, that's that's your master. And the master of Egypt or the master of this world is to put you under bondage. He said, afterwards, destroy them that believe not. Even though he saved people, everybody who says they're saved they're not saved. Everybody who says, Oh, the Lord's gonna bless me and I'm gonna have a great time is not all going to be saved. It's those that do the will of my Father. That's why the more you read the Bible, the more the Bible becomes a part of you, the more you, you quote the scriptures and as the scriptures come out you can hear the Lord speak to you. To do two things at the same time, and that's that's a miracle, that blows my mind sometimes. It says, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their only habitation, has reserved an everlasting chain under darkness, or under confusion, until the judgment of the great day, which is the great white throne judgment. So, in other words, they're chained like the uh, Nephilim. They are chained in the second heaven, but not all of them are chained there. Does this say there are some? It says, Hey, let me prove that these people will turn their back on you. Let me test them. That's why the devil is called a tester. But the others are in chains, and they're watching their children as they're running them up down here, but eventually there is going to be a change. And when that change comes, we are going to be the ones that's in charge. We are the ones that are going to rule and reign with Jesus. We are the ones that's going to receive the blessings of the Most High God. So, in other words, the more you read, the more you understand. And you have to watch your dreams. Uh, just start uh, into uh, interpreting dreams. I've, I've known how to do it for a while, but if God doesn't speak to me, I don't interpret. But there are rules on how to interpret. And the more you learn about the rules, you'll understand about uh Uh, about how the kingdom operates. To give you an example. If you dream about somebody in the past and somebody at the present, then what it is is your past is trying to come after you, and you need to change your past. In other words, speak the word, change it. I repent from what I did 10 years ago. I repent for what I did to this person, and I have to make amends. Like I robbed a person, which I didn't. But if I robbed a person, and I know those persons, And I done changed now. My job is to go back and pay them what I stole from them, plus seven times more. Well, I was a thief. And the more you learn about the word and the more you live the word, the more your life will change. And the greatest thing that anybody can have, and I'll tell you, there's no amount of money you pay for. it. It's called peace for a person who has peace in their life, in their mind and stuff, even though there's turmoil going around, the sea and everything's going bad, a hurricane coming your way. But if you have peace in your heart or in your mind, then, Lord, if I get chilled, I'll, I'll be home. If I don't get killed, I thank you that I have another day to, to receive more uh, reward in heaven. Because Jesus said, I come to reward you, good or bad, I'm going to give you a reward. And I don't know about me, but I like to get a, a lot of rewards. I like my reward to, for me, I ain't saying anybody else, for me, is to be up to be next to Jesus, to be able to ask him every question I want to ask that I don't have no answer for. So this is what we strive for. We're striving to enter into the kingdom. We're striving that our minds will not be corrupt. We're striving to keep our bodies pure. We're striving to be not like the ways of Cain or the way of Balaam, and their reward. You know, Balaam caused Israel to uh, to uh, to err, and he's got to pay for that. So that's why I said, the day that God comes back for His church, without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing—that's what it says—without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, then we shall be rewarded. Uh, and then it says also you know be, but beloved remember you the words that were spoken before the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ' seventeen verse. what is an apostle? See a lot of people going around claiming to be an apostle. the Bible says not that there's that there are a bunch of them are liars if you're an apostle, first of all, you have got to see the risen Christ. That's the first qualification. Second qualification is you've got to be sent with a purpose. For me, I've seen Jesus. Jesus is alive and well, and the kingdom is doing good. I've been there. I didn't have to die to get there. I got there by complaining. So I'm telling you folks, stop complaining. You don't want to go that way. But once I got there, he sings to me about the kingdom of God. And then he told me what my job was. He said, I want you to eat this grape. And I ate the grape, and it was a big, gigantic grape. You can't even describe how big that thing was. And it was a color that you cannot describe about heaven. It's living color. It's not like our color here is dull. Once you've seen heaven, you'll never forget it. And he told me to bite the grape. And I bit that grape in my little bitty mouth. didn't make a little hole. All I got was uh, the skin, and as I was chewing the skin, the grape repaired itself. He said, now spit it out. Now, you got to remember, this is the skin in my mouth. I spit it out, and it became seed and hit the ground. He said, that's what you're supposed to do, plant seeds. Uh, an apostle has uh, do a special mission to go to. I came back to my body. I tried to write down everything I've seen in heaven. I couldn't do it. After that, I said, oh, Lord, you didn't tell me what direction to go. I'm down there in a place out of Missouri. I was in Texas. And this preacher, which I did not know, walked out of the pulpit, walked to me, and he said, you're supposed to go east, southeast. In other words, God told me what direction I'm supposed to be at. I'm the apostle to go in that direction. So once I came back to Kansas City, the first thing that happened to me, my phone rang. I picked it up, I said, hello, and she said, I heard you uh, you uh, was down there in Florida and miracles happened down there. People got healed and stuff. I said, well, Jesus did the healing, I don't do the healing, he does it. They said, yes, but we'd like to know, could you come and do a revival for us? I said, okay, where do you live? And they said, Boston, which is east of where I live. And from that point on, I've been going to Boston, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, uh, uh, what's the other places? Uh, Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Texas, Florida, which is my favorite place. But see, as an apostle, I was first of all picked, chosen, seen the Christ, told what I'm supposed to do, and then sent to where I needed to go. But a lot of these people, but what they call Church apostles, and those are, they are church apostles where the church chose them and I said, Well, you're an apostle and that uh, God is blessing you and all this. But they are church apostles and they are God apostles. All right, uh, got a little bit off the scriptures there. <laughs> but some people need to know that a lot of people who say, I'm the pastor of the church, they ain't no pastor. They just came in and said they thought they gonna get money, or they or they or they make big prayers with you, and their big prayers ain't meaning a thing because they have not learned how to pray. As I said, you gotta get through uh, to the third level of prayer that burns through the that big dome so you can get the prayer through. But you know, Satan will bring miracles too, or imitated miracles, and that is like you got a headache. And then the devil says, Okay, get off the head now. <laughs> and then, hey, this just got here from a headache. And don't feel like it was just a little demon. But when you get the demons that can control the weather, they don't like to be told to let let the weather go. <laughs> or to change this or change that. The bigger the devil, the harder you fight. We even try to argue against Satan sometimes or against Lucifer. But all of them eventually all under the rule because who are they going to ask for help? They already got kicked out of heaven. So the only person they can go to now is Lucifer. And if he's mad at you, you're about to get punished before the task. All right. Any other questions?
0: I do have a question. Do you think you could expound or expand on the secret place? in that Psalm 91, just so people okay. get a clearer understanding.
1: Okay, let's go to Psalms 91. And it says this. It says, he, that means the person that dwelleth. And is in the old King James. That's why I love the old King James, because it gives an understanding if you know what it means. It says dwellers. That means somebody who stays there or living there or being there in the secret place of the most high. What is the secret place of the most high? It means when you're by yourself. In the in Hebrew, they have what they call a telep. It's a prayer shawl. And that's what they were talking about because there's nobody else to pray with you then. When you pull that, If you go to a Jewish synagogue at certain times of the year, they pull that thing completely over their face where you cannot see their eyes, their mouth, or anything. And they do what they call the Aaron blessing, a certain way you move your hands. They actually use the letter uh, Shem. And they bless the people, but you can't see them. And when you're under that prayer shawl and you're doing that same thing, nobody else can hear your prayer except God. It gives you an extra boost to get through that atmosphere that I was telling you about. And then it says, uh, will shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Another word for shadow can be a living place or a dwelling place or a which is the Hebrew word for, for a house. In other words, he who lives in the house of the Almighty, which is called Bethel, house of God. Then he speaks. That's why I said you got to speak everything. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. Speaking into that place. Now, how can we get there if we don't have a prayer shawl? Well, one of the best things to do is to shut yourself away in your house. Where nobody's there to interrupt you and stuff. And you don't answer the telephone because that's one of the tricks of the devil to ring the phone. You don't answer the door because somebody's going to come knocking on that door. And you start to pray so you can get through those three areas I told you about the light smoke, the uh, darker smoke, and to the fire. And once you get into the fire, your prayer life becomes easy. You know, sometimes when you get ready to pray, oh, all of a sudden you have evil thoughts in your mind. Your mind will start floating somewhere else. You, That's their job. The devil is good at it. Putting thoughts in your mind. keep you from uh, completing what you're supposed to focus on, your prayer, your prayer, your prayer. So in other words, he keeps throwing thoughts to you. He puts pain in your body. Oh, my back is hurting. Oh, my leg is hurting. All of a sudden, you start thinking about boyfriends or girlfriends that you haven't even thought of in years. They enter your mind. Thoughts that you would never say something like this. But that's their job, and they're good at it. Our job is to keep on praying on through. So being in that secret place, that hidden place, I have a room in my house that I call the prayer room. And in that prayer room, I pray in there. By praying in that prayer room now, that early in the morning, if anybody comes visit me, they come visit, They'll tell you that room glows. If I don't know how to explain it, it glows when the sun comes in a certain window from the east. That room lights up. That's my prayer room, and that's the secret place, the hidden place where I'm hiding that away from the world, and that I'm under the shadow of the Almighty or under his house. Then it says, surely he will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noiseless pestilence or e- a raging epidemic. In other words, you start staying in that place and having the prayer room so you get away from everybody, and you don't have to be there all day. But, you know, as long as you can stay or as long as the Lord is calling you in there, that's another thing, too. <laughs> don't don't believe because you want to. Wait till the Lord is through with you. He cannot talk, and you talk at the same time. You talk and tell the Lord what you, you desire and then be quiet. That's the word, uh, the Hebrew word for Olive, which is the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet, which means silence. Silence. That's what it says. And let everybody know, I am God. He wants to talk to you personally. And it says, under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. In other words, claim these things. Claim them. Thou shalt not be afraid by the terror by night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that walk at night, nor nothing at the waste of noonday. A thousand may fall at your side. And ten thousand at your right side, but it shall not come near, uh, near to you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. It's gonna be a time you're gonna see thousands and thousands of people being Killing. If we're if we're here, uh, I'm still thinking we're gonna get out of here at mid instead of pre. But if we're if we don't. And if we have to be here the whole time, it says they will not hurt us. People would be sick with uh, flu and stuff like that. They die. This one man, uh, I think his name is Lake, L.G. Lake or something like that. He went to a town where they had biotic plague, and he wanted to go in there and uh, help people because he was a preacher. And they said, "No, you can't go in there unless you get the uh, vaccination." He said, "I don't need the vaccination." They said, no, you cannot go in there. He said, i tell you what. Get me a drop of blood, put it on a, a microscope thing, and look at it, make sure it's alive. And they did. He said, now put that blood in my hand. And when he did, and they looked under there the microscope, it died. God has a way of taking care of his people if we're willing to believe him. All kinds of people through the Bible like that, but we got to believe. If he says, only with your eyes will you behold it, only with your eyes will you see it, but you'll see the reward of the wicked. The ones that don't have the covenant with God, they die. They can't do what we do. That's why we have to believe what the word says and put our mind to it. Do you have any other questions?
0: That's it. Well, excuse me. I believe in, in the post-trip personally because Okay. I think we're going to be here to to fight and and I can't see any reason why he would take his warriors out you know that's just my personal what I've come to believe all these years studying right. but yeah,
1: that's, mm-hmm. I said there's enough proof for all three of them so yeah. I ain't going to say I'm right or somebody else is, I, there's enough proof for all of them you know they is. I'm hoping to be out of here. I've been in war zones before. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good.
0: No, I wouldn't think it would see be
1: people. Yeah, see dead bodies and stuff, and people that you can't help. You feel sorry for them and stuff, but there's nothing you can do. So yeah, that's but one of the reasons I, I, do I want to get out of here.
0: I do believe Father is going to take some people out, just because um, I think it was in the Book of Jasher that I read about the Uh die off before the flood the godly men all had Mm -hmm. to die off and then the flood came I think he's going to do that Mm -hmm. again so
1: I hear well uh, the scripture is one of the things that we have to live back up just like with uh, the book of Joshua that's the one that talks about the book of Jasper and a lot of people don't know about that they have not read it they didn't even know it exists, but there's several books in our Bible that we quote from that was originally in the scriptures, but evil men took it out. They say holy men, you know. I say it's evil men because there's so much information in that book, the book of Jubilee, the book of Enoch, especially the book of Enoch. And if, the, if our Bible quotes from something, then why would you think it's? It's still good today. Why would they take it out? I told you as we exactly. first thing, that as we first started, as I told you, there's uh, Satan does two things: he either adds to the scriptures or take out of the scriptures, and that's what he did then. He subtracted, and the Bible says, uh, "For we're not supposed to add or subtract." What? We'll, As they say, one day, just like I was uh, talking to a friend of mine recently, he was talking about how do you know what is uh, what is going to come past in the uh, prophecies? I said they won't be until after we're dead, cause we'll look backwards and see what God was showing us that we couldn't see while we were still here, unless He gives us revelation about it.
0: Exactly, and a lot of the prophecies are. Being revealed in these last days, too, just you know mm-hmm. something that we didn't understand, we're coming into a deeper understanding, so
1: yeah. yeah, you know that came out of the book of Daniel, where it says, in the end that people uh, that people have been running to and fro, and knowledge will increase well most people are talking about, well, look at, it, we don't went in the last hundred years from driving a horse buggy that we're flying. Uh, rockets to the moon, but that's not what it meant. It actually meant a spiritual meaning that in the end, those that know their God, that's where the answer, the Bible interprets those that know their God will do great as for it. In other words, the, the knowing when we're getting close to the end, we're going to learn more about the Bible. We'll understand more about the Bible. We'll get what they call, as Paul called it, revelation knowledge. And that revelation knowledge is what we're getting now. I've seen some ministers that were so strong in the Lord that uh, they'd tell you who put the curses on you and where the curses are, and then put the curses back on those people. Like this one guy, he was a witch doctor, and he put this curse on this this family. And when he came in the presence of the man of God, the man of God told him who was uh, where he got the curses and stuff. And that was because he went to the man's house to get blessed, but he got cursed. He said, but may God punish the devil? He said, I'm going to show you that God is more powerful than the devil. He said, I put Holy Ghost fire on that man right now. And it wasn't even half a day later, they found out that at the same time when he said, I put Holy Ghost fire on him, the house caught on fire and he burned up. we got some men and women that's walking that great uh, in that power of God. And so that's what it says. In the end times, knowledge will increase. It's talking about knowledge of how the word works. If you work the word, the word will work for you. That's why I have not, I taught on the first, I think I was on, uh, the first one I taught was the Hebrew alphabet, because the Hebrew alphabet is really the power of God, which is the word of God, which is Aleph Tau, which is in the scriptures, in the Torah, all through it, all through through it and if you read the first- uh first chapter of Genesis, what well, we call Genesis, they call it b Rashi if we if you could understand it, it has seven dollars in it, and ours represent the uh generations okay and so uh a generation is a thousand years according to that, and that's why God said. One day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. He was telling us the secret, how to interpret His word. He hides it in the word, and He said, If you come and search after righteousness and search for me, I will show you through the Holy Spirit. He will lead you and guide you. So, since there are seven hours in there, or seven A's as we look at it, the first six A's represent the kingdom being handed to Adam. The seventh ad represents the Christ that's supposed to take over the world. But what happened was uh, Adam thought he could get more power by listening to a lie, him and his wife, that they could be just like God, that God was holding back those, that he didn't want them to be like him. And he gave his position Which he was, if you look at the genealogy, all the way back down to Adam, it says, and Adam was the son of God. He gave him the position. So Satan is now the God of this world. And that's why we're going through all the hell we're going through right now. But as I say, that's represented to be six hours. So what it says, if you can read Hebrew, it can say, in the beginning. But it also can say, when God created, and then it says "The heaven and Earth, but see there's a, a letter there it's not translated in our scriptures, and that script that word is a so the way the Bible should have read in the beginning, God created the Ale and the Ale created everything. Well who is a jesus Jesus is the a. And everything was created by him, and without him was not anything made. That's why God 1-1 one, one was written. Everything interprets itself once you understand the keys. That's why he told Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom. I give you to understand how the kingdom works. I tell you the rules on how this thing works. And he said, whoever you bind on earth is down in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Whoever sins you together is forgiven, and whoever sins is not. Forgiven, they are not forgiven. There's rules. There's reason for that. And as I told you, the words are hidden. And if we if we, we don't know the Hebrew letters, we don't understand the Hebrew language. We don't have to do nothing but the things that God gives us in our heart. Do what is right and love people. Now, you can't beat that. Do what is right and love people. Then you fulfill all the law. And if you do what's right. You're not going to rob somebody. You're not going to steal from somebody. You're not going to hit somebody because you wouldn't want nobody to do that to you. To love people, let me look past their faults and find what's good. As one rabbi used to say, I have never met a man that I didn't like because he wasn't looking for the evil in him. he was looking for the good. If we would start, stop the argument, stop stealing, you know, like the big corporations the governments and all that, would stop stealing, trying to make themselves richer. Because what you, you can't take it with you. When you die, all the money you earn goes to somebody else, and you don't know if they're a good person or a bad person. They're going to be a smart person or a dumb person. But your money ain't going with you. That's why it's better to do what is good here. So that, you know, not that you can buy your way into heaven, but God can say, Look at him, the good deeds, he's trying to imitate me. That's what we're supposed to do, imitate God.
0: Uh, any other questions? No, I, w- I would like to, I think that does it for tonight, except I would like to exhort all our listeners to re examine your belief systems and offer it to father your belief systems and have him show you where you have been believing a lie or possibly believing a lie and ask him for the truth. And he will, he will follow through and and give that to you. But what I would like to do is I would like to close in prayer and I would like to, Mm -hmm. I've been speaking to us hurricane Francis, um, and I noticed there's another pastor doing it, and they're making fun of him. I forget his name. An old pastor, well known, Roberts. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but speak, let's let's pray for the people in the path of the storm, and that if the
1: okay. storm is
0: not of God, that it needs to go play in the ocean somewhere, and not hit land. I hear.
1: Well, let me say this before I pray. I was down in Florida some years back. I went down there for a rest, and they had a hurricane coming in. And I walked out onto the land, out there where the the, uh, hurricane was, and I spoke to that hurricane. People can laugh and make jokes about what I'm saying, but, hey, this is the truth anyway. I spoke to that thing, and I said, you turn around and go back out there in the ocean, because I've been sitting here for a vacation. And then the news (laughs) is, I don't know what happened. But the hurricane is turning upland and it's not coming toward us it's going back out in the ocean that's because you who know who you are you who understand the rules of the kingdom you who have accepted Jesus is your Lord and that the Holy Spirit is here to help us not to bring uh, knowledge to him but to give glory to Jesus who gives glory to the Father because everything glorifies the Father if we understand so I'm going to pray for y'all right now. Heavenly Father, as we come before the throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit, thanking you for this day that you have made, that we will rejoice and be glad in Father, you see what's getting ready to go on. And as I touch and agree with our brothers and sisters of praying against this hurricane, to turn around and go back out into the ocean right now by the power of the word of God, which says by faith, these things have been happening. My faith is entrusted in your word. I speak Psalms 23, Psalms 24, Psalms 70 and 72. I command those things to turn around now, those uh, uh, nature things that is trying to destroy our land and destroy our people, to turn around and start heading back out there in the ocean, back out in the ocean and surprise the weather people that they can't understand what has happened. But the word of God goes forth. The word of God is our shield and our buckle. The word of God protects those people and our people because we love one another and we're praying to, for them to be saved. In Jesus Christ's name, and we all say amen.
0: Amen.
1: All right, amen. I'm always looking for the miracles. That's what I believe in. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm gonna look at the news and see
0: how it. Yeah, I'm gonna look Mm -hmm. at the news and see how the hurricane is turned around later after.
1: All right. Okay. Well, I'm the pastor (laughs) of Jesus Christ Ministries. We're located here in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, If you want to uh, find out more about our ministry, uh, look up Bob Larson Ministries. And I'm one of the churches with Bob Larson. I've been with him about 15 years now, and I've seen great. Deliverances come through his ministry. So you tell next time, and uh, Dorothy, whatever you want me to teach on next time, well, let me know, and that's what we'll do.
0: Okay, that I'll be praying on it. Um, okay. Thank you so much. I think you you clarified a lot of things because you know people end up with trouble in their life, and and they don't understand where it's coming from, and sometimes it's just that you've made an agreement with a lie somewhere along the way. So we need to uh-huh. cut through that stuff.
1: Because,
0: yeah. you know, it's not only demons made, are not all it, it that. It
1: could be also generational. It could be somebody in right. their great, great, great grandfather. <laughs> all right, then, well, you have a blessed day. And for all the audience out there, I seek blessing and remove the curses. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'll see you later. Bye.
0: Father, bless. Go ahead. Well,
1: I thought you-